God. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. For the Lord is great, greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Father, how wonderful you are to us. How thankful we are for your incomparable presence. There is no one else like you. And you are everything we will ever need, the fulfillment of every good desire. And we rest in that and we glory in that and we give you the glory. All of us come together in heart and mind and agree together as touching this, asking you for the very words of God, your words, utterance to express them, ears to hear them, eyes that can see them, a heart that can understand them. We ask, Lord, for answers. You know where everyone is in their life right now. And everything that ought not be there or everything that sh- every good thing that you won't manifest it there, we are confident in your ability to work in us. Hallelujah. We ask it. We lay hold of it by faith. We thank you in advance. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Someone say, uh, the Spirit of God God is working inside me. The Word of God God is working powerfully powerfully inside me. me. And I am changing changing from glory to glory glory by the Spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. You you can be seated. You are a a pleasure to minister to. Fine people. You You are a pleasure. A pleasure. Easy. Easy to minister to you. Wonderful. Praise be to God. All of our uh, ministers, heads of uh, churches, and heads of ministries, would you please stand and let me acknowledge you, heads of ministries, heads of churches, pastors. Would you allow me to see you? Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming. Thank you for bringing your faith, bringing your anointing into this meeting. It enhances us. Thank you. Praise God. You you may be seated. (laughs) 
You know, we are always students of the Lord. Uh, I, uh, an elder of mine, minister to many of you, is uh, Brother Kenneth Copeland. And he and Miss Gloria, uh, it doesn't matter who gets up to speak. If they're in the meeting, I, it doesn't matter if they are two years into the ministry. When someone begins to minister the Word, you will find them, their Bibles out, their notes in their hand, completely receptive. It's been such an example to Phyllis and I over the years to see their hunger for the Word of God and their teachableness. Hallelujah. And you'll find that to be so with people that do have some light in Revelation they also are aware of how much they don't know. And they are hungry to, to receive more. And they understand that God can minister through whomever that He chooses at the time. Would you look please again in Proverbs. We've been on this for the previous two nights. Proverbs 28.18 Are you believing with me according to what we just prayed? That utterance? Hmm? There's some good things. I, you know, uh, ministering the Word is, is, is a lot like cooking. And, you know, you get to taste it while you're cooking it before you serve it. <laughs> My grandmother, you know, now we're talking in her day. Uh, this is prior to microwaves. This is prior to drive-throughs. She used to make her special uh, dumplings and her special uh, stew and her special thing. And I could see her in the, uh, over the stove right now. She'd go, "That is good if I did make it myself." <laughs> <laughs> and the Bible said, "Taste and see." <laughs> That the Lord is, is good. So there is ability to taste spiritually, just like you taste physically. In fact, in Job, it says just like the, the tongue or palate tries food, the ear tries words. You actually taste it with your hearing, with your ears. Somebody say, mm-mm, good. <laughs> is God, mm-mm, good. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. In Proverbs twenty-eight eighteen, the Scripture says, A faithful man shall abound with blessings. But he that makes haste to be rich shall not be innocent. One translation says, a steadfast man has multiplied blessings. A trustworthy person has many blessings. But a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. Another says, God blesses his loyal people. 
another word for faithfulness. And another one said this, and you'll find this is accurate. The same word translated faithfulness here, or faithful, is in several other places translated truthful. Truthful. And there is nothing more faithful than the truth. The word means reliable, dependable, stable, trustworthy, faithful. Now, you, uh, anybody that's been around church for a while, you, you say it out loud and proclaim and say, God is faithful. What will the church do? Oh, yeah. Is that right? I mean, God, I mean, you, you can preach that. God is faithful. What, what, what are we saying? He, he's trustworthy. He's reliable. He's dependable. He's, he's steadfast. And He is faithful and true. Somebody say true, 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 faithful and true. And so one, the New Century translation says, a truthful person will have many blessings instead of saying faithful. And that is the same thing. The same word is translated truthful more than one place. Said out loud, a faithful person, a truthful person will abound with blessings. Now just going to church doesn't make you faithful. Just learning to quote scriptures doesn't make you faithful. Even praying doesn't make you faithful. So it's, it's not the same thing as just saying I'm a Christian. And when you're talking about being faithful, you're talking about having the same qualities as God. Hallelujah. This is His inner nature, His inner being. He has proven it through the ages that He is faithful. And to have faith in Him, you, get, you are settled in your own being that He is faithful. You remember in Hebrews 11, Sarah, wife of Abraham, has her own verse. I said she's got her own verse in Hebrews 11. Now when you got your own verse in Hebrews 11, you're somebody in faith. And do anybody remember how that, how that verse goes? Sarah herself When she was past age, couldn't conceive when she was young, yet she did and had this miraculous conception and and brought forth this child. Why? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. This is, this was what her faith rested upon was the revelation of His faithfulness. Hallelujah. His what? 
his truthfulness, his steadfastness, his reliability, his trustworthiness. That's what our faith rests on. But what many times the church has not emphasized is the other side of this. He's looking to us to be faithful to Him. Sometimes there's only the talk about the one side. And there's a word that needs to be strong and real to us as believers, and that is covenant. Will somebody say covenant? Covenant. We we refer to it. It's been changed, you know, in, in, in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, but it could... Uh, at least as accurately be called Old Covenant and New Covenant. God hasn't changed. Perfection doesn't need to change. He doesn't change. He doesn't need to change. And... uh, What has changed since the Old Covenant is not God, but our access to Him. Our covenant has changed, all because of Jesus, completely, because of what He has done. And what He did, He had to do, or you and I would have never had access to the holiest. We could never have attained to it. No matter our works, no matter our striving, no matter our sacrifice, the best we could ever produce, and that's any of us, was unacceptable. Filthy rags in the sight of God. And since our righteousness could never be acceptable, Jesus came and gave us His righteousness. Gave us His righteousness. That's when you say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. You are not bragging on yourself. Hmm? Why? Because it's His righteousness. What you're saying is mine could have never been good enough. So I had to accept His or be unacceptable. But He has given you this. Was He made sin with your sin? It's not a trick question. Did He become sin with your sin? Then are you now made righteous with his righteousness? Just as surely and truly as he was made sin with your sin, it was for the purpose of you receiving his righteousness. He didn't deserve your sin. He didn't deserve the punishment for your sin, the judgment for your sin. 
and you didn't deserve His righteousness. But He took your sin by faith and paid for it and was judged for it. Now, have you received His righteousness by faith, knowing you don't deserve it, knowing you could never earn it, knowing it is a free gift, the free gift. But it is so that you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ, which is completely acceptable to the Father Giving us access. Oh, somebody say access, access. Giving us access to the very throne of God, which is the holiest of the holy, the holiest of all. And yet, because of what the Master has done and because of our faith and having received it, you and I, can go boldly. Not not arrogantly, not, not proudly, not boastfully, but boldly means without shame, without reservation, without timidity. We can come boldly unto the very throne of grace we, 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 we don't know fully what that means. But we're going to find out. Sit out loud. I have been made righteous. I have been made worthy. I have been made holy. I have been accepted in the beloved. And I have access into the holiest of all. Now the enemy will continually try to tempt you. Try to get you to violate light, try to get you to sin in different ways. And the purpose is not just the sin, but the, the following condemnation. Because condemnation is the enemy of faith. And what the enemy is continually trying to do is get you and me to violate our conscience and violate transgress light so that our heart condemns us. It's not God condemning us. It's your own heart. Hmm? So don't say, well, God condemned me over that or the Holy Spirit condemned me over that. Actually, He didn't. He convinced you. Conviction is not condemnation. He convinced you of the truth. And when you saw how far off from it you were, your own heart condemned you. Not God. But if you do mess up, that's why Jesus came. To undo the works of the evil one. Hallelujah. And condemnation in your life is part of the works of the evil one. 
Condemnation makes you draw back and fear. Righteousness makes you bold to draw near. Hallelujah. And so no matter what you've done, no matter how you've messed up, no matter how many times you've messed up, the key is don't wait. Somebody say, don't wait, don't wait. Don't wait. What do you mean? Don't try to hide it. Don't try to pretend. Don't try to cover. God already knows. I said he already knows. Run to him and confess it. Acknowledge it. And receive your righteousness restored. Hallelujah. I've had people look at me and say, yeah, but preacher, you, you, you don't know what I've done. I said, yeah, and you don't know how powerful the blood is. The blood is more powerful than anything you have done. Somebody testify, say the blood is more powerful. The blood is more than anything I have ever done. Now let's act on this right now. Everybody say, I, I, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blood. I receive cleansing. I receive forgiveness. I receive washing by the blood. I receive your righteousness, your worthiness, your holiness. I receive it. I am made clean in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now you're either forgiven or you're not. You're either clean or you're not. Are you? So anytime the enemy tries to bring something back to your remembrance, you say, no, I have, I have received my cleansing. I have received forgiveness and washing, and I am clean before him because of the blood. Hallelujah. I'm no longer under Satan's tyranny. Because of the blood shed at Calvary. Because of the blood, I am set free. Somebody right now getting loosed from addictions. Addictions to narcotics and addictions to alcohol. Get ready to receive it right now. In the name of Jesus, be loosed. Loosed. Be loosed from your addiction. Be free. And let's everybody say it out loud so that nobody is embarrassed. Say it out loud. Go from me. Leave me addictions of every kind. I don't want you. Leave me in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Leave me.
Now the power of God is here to bring that to pass right now. And it's happening. But you must not go back to that crowd. You must not go back and hang around with your friends that are still doing drugs and getting drunk because you'll fall right back into it even after God has delivered you. I know that's not easy. But the scripture said, come out from among them and be ye separate. Is that right? That's the only way you can stay free. You you can't fellowship. What, What fellowship does righteousness have with unrighteousness? Light have with darkness. It's not, people say, well, you think you're better than us anymore? It's not about that. You know you can't fellowship with that and stay free. And you don't want them to pull you back into that. You want to pull them out of that to, into the light with you. Are you okay? Yes, sir. In order to stay free, you can't keep going back to those places. You can't keep fellowshipping with the people that's doing those things. And that leads me to my next verse. John 17, would you go please? Man, the Holy Spirit's smart. He is really, really smart. You knew that, didn't you? Thank you, Father. John 17. This passage, like all the Word of God, is so amazing. What we have in this entire 17th chapter, of course, this wasn't written in chapter and verse, is Jesus at prayer. Would you like to kneel down beside Jesus and listen to him pray? You can't. Kneel down, open this up, and read it out loud. (laughs) You might say, well, I wasn't thinking about that. If Jesus appeared to you and you could hear his voice, it wouldn't be any more Jesus than this is. In fact, Whatever vision or dream or revelation you have, you must judge by this, by the written word. The Lord has told us to do that, taught us to do that. John 17, Jesus is praying. And notice what he prayed in verse 13. He said, now I come to you. Jesus knows the cross is before him. He's talked to them about it. It's prophesied in numerous places in Isaiah and Jeremiah and numerous places and and portrayed in all the types and shadows of the temple worship and tabernacle worship. So nothing that happened was a surprise to Jesus. And he knows, this prayer starts off with, verse 1, the Lord lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. 
Because previous times, the scripture said his hour was not yet come. But now he knows this is it. My time on earth has run out. My earthly ministry, the things I'm to do. And we are here at the cross. It's time to do it. And verse 13, now I come to you and these things I speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Another place, Jesus said the world hated him because he testified of it that its works were evil. And when people don't want to change, they don't want to hear. They want you to tell them that what they're doing is okay, even when it's not. He said, I've given them your word. The world has hated them because they're not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil that's in the world. They're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Do you believe that? Yes, sir. Sit out loud, I'm not of this world. I am not of this world. Even as Jesus, even as Jesus was, not was not of this world. Verse 17, are you there? Jesus is praying for them and he's praying for us. We'll see it in just a moment. Sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. Now the word sanctify means separate, special, pure, clean, holy, undefiled. But let's just camp on that first part. Jesus is saying separate them from the ungodly and the evil that's in the world and and do it through your truth. The truth separates us from the lies, from the phoniness, from the falseness, from that which is not like God. Separate them, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for your sakes, I sanctify myself. Are you awake, church? Jesus said, I I separate myself. Hallelujah. That they also might be sanctified, and he says it again, through the truth. Said out loud, sanctified. Sanctified. Through the truth. Separated. Through the truth. Well, we know from John 8 that you'll know the truth. And the truth of what? Make you. 
Free, free from what? Doesn't that sound like a separation? Huh? Free from what? Free from what? That's a separation. Free from lies. Free from deception. Lies blind and lies bind. But the truth lets you see and the truth makes you free. So what, what, is, what is the truth, the word making me free from? Making me free. Do, do you understand that most of the billions of people on this planet are in darkness? They are in darkness. They're, they're stumbling through their life down here. Don't know who they are. Don't know why they are. Don't know where they're going. Don't know anything about it. Even believing lies about all kind of things. Blind. And bound in spiritual darkness and death. Oh, how blessed we are. Oh, how blessed we are to have had our eyes open. To have seen our lost condition without Jesus. And to see what he has done for us and given us and had the grace and faith to lay hold of it. And receive it. Oh, somebody say, I'm saved. I'm, I'm saved. I'm not in the darkness. I'm, I'm a child of the light. Hallelujah. I'm a child of the light. Woo. Hallelujah. For their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That's us. We have come to believe on him through the words of Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. Is that right? Yes, sir. He was praying for you and me and all of us when he prayed this prayer. How many believe that the Lord's prayers get answered. Huh? That's not a trick question. You, the Lord's prayers get answered every time. Every time. He just prayed for you. What did he pray for you? What did he pray for you? That we would be, that the Father would sanctify us, separate us through His truth. And the way He's going to do it, His truth is His Word. Thy Word is truth. He brings that up multiple times. He, He said, the words you gave me. I have given to them, and they received them, and they believed that I came from you. These words are so precious, church. You may have grown up in church. You may have had Bibles around you your whole life, but don't be jaded by it. Don't, don't forget how precious, why? It's not, just, you know, it's not just a King James or an NIV or a, whatever language is your, your mother tongue. All of these languages are not the main thing. 
It's the, the utterance of God is the thought of God. And they're put into words to express, to understand. But we have the very thoughts of the Almighty. And when we take His thoughts and we hear them and we receive them, they change us and they separate us from all that is untrue, all that is ungodly, all that is wrong. Agree with Jesus' prayer right now. Say it out loud. I agree with the Master's prayer. Great Father, separate me. Sanctify me through your truth. Your word is truth. Hallelujah. Separate me. Go with me please to the book of Psalms. The 15th Psalm. Oh, hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Stay hooked tonight real close. There's some precious, precious things going on here. Getting to know Him better is at hand. In Psalm 15, not a a long psalm, but verse 1, it says, Lord, who shall abide in your tabernacle, in your house? Who shall dwell in your holy hill? You know what this is talking about? Living with God. In God's house. Living with God in God's house. That's our call. Have you read about heaven in Revelation? One of the outstanding characteristics about heaven... It is a place where there is zero falsehood, zero falseness. The scripture said in Revelation 21, also in chapter 22, it said in in that place there is nothing that loves or makes a lie. Nothing. Won't it be wonderful? Huh? Wouldn't it be wonderful? To be in a place where no matter who you meet, no matter where you go, no matter what you're talking about, what you're doing, when they tell you something, totally true. No slanting, no exaggerating, no junk, zero falseness. And then when you, when you respond to them, same thing. Truth, truth, and nothing but the truth. Living with God. He won't have it any other way. 
That scripture also said, among other things, it gives a list of individuals, types of people, and it said, and included, and said, and all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. It burns with fire and brimstone. That's how serious this thing is. And the reason why there's a hell and why people are going there is because they didn't choose the love of the truth. And if you don't want to, if you don't want to receive God, if you don't love the truth, there's only one other group to be a part of. There's only one other place to go. And if you're going to hold on to lying and won't repent throughout the ages, I don't want you living beside me. You don't want them living beside you. Now, we don't know who gets to the point where they're not going to change. We can't, we can't judge that. We don't know hearts, but God does. And that's why he is the righteous judge. Of all the earth. And when he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I, I never knew you, then you can, you can be sure his judgment is righteous, that they would have never changed. Like the enemy. Have you read in Revelation about how the angel's going to come down and grab the devil? Just, just one angel. Just what? Grab him, chain him, throw him in the pit and shut the door and there's nothing the devil can do about it. Nothing he can do. He ain't what he cracks himself up to be. He is a defeated foe. He is a stripped, brought to naught under our feet. And for a thousand years, He is removed from contact. But then after the thousand years, he's released for a little while. And you know what he does? Right back to the... Immediately tries to deceive everybody into rebelling against God. What what does that prove? It wouldn't matter how many millennia you gave him to repent or how many chances and opportunities... He will never repent. So he needs to be removed from contact with us. Because we love God. And we love the truth. And we hate lies. And we hate deception. And we don't want to be around it. And God won't be around it. And we want to be with him. So who is going to get to dwell with God? Verse 2, let's, let's read about it. Now, I'm supposed to be reading about you. So let's see if it sounds familiar. He that walks uprightly. Somebody say, that's me. <laughs> no matter how you feel, I'm giving you a chance to make a good confession. Right now, he, he that walks uprightly. That's me. I got that one. And he works righteousness. That's me too. And, come on, help out, help out. What? Speaks the truth 
in his heart. Honesty. I mean complete honesty. Genuine sincerity in spirit and in truth. He speaks the truth in his heart. He that backbites not with his tongue. Don't don't quit me now. That's me. I don't talk about people behind their back. And they don't do evil to their neighbor. That's me. That's me. And he doesn't take up a reproach against his neighbor. That's me. In whose eyes a vile person is condemned, for he, but he honors them that fear the Lord. We don't go for ungodly and, 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 and wrong things and things that hurt people. And we, we are for those who honor God. Somebody say, that, that's, me. that's me. We honor them that fear and reverence the Lord. And get this next part. He that what? Swears to his own hurt and changes not. This is a degree of commitment that the believer is to have to the word of God and to his or her own words. And there's, I had a, a minister, a wonderful man of God talking to me a while back, and he's older, and he said, you know, a lot of the church I see today, they, they lack the commitment that earlier Christians that I knew had. There's not the, and he, he used the word consecration. Did you know that's tied in with the word the Lord mentioned, separation? Because compromise will make you less dedicated. Being conformed to the world is going to undermine your commitment. But the one who is destined to dwell in God's house, the one who is Yielding to the nature of God that was birthed when you were born again is a person who understands covenant. Covenant, my brother, sister, is serious business with God. One of the great studies you could ever do is to look at the covenants in the Word of God. Covenant has to do with God giving his word on something. And covenants have two parts. When God enters into covenant with man, it's not just a one-sided thing. You see this so clearly with Abraham. Go back to Genesis. Let's look at this. Go back to Genesis. You got time? Genesis 22. 
I'm moving a little bit too fast, but I can, I can back up and get this while you're finding that. You're going to Genesis 22, is that right? I want to give you some other uh, translations of that verse we just read. He that swears to his own hurt and changes not. One translation says, he keeps his oath even when it hurts. Another one said, the one who makes a promise and does not break it, even though he is hurt by it. Keep this in mind because this is going to connect with something big here in just a moment we're going to see. Another translation said, they always do what they promise no matter how much it may cost. Now see, if you're not a person of your word, you're not going to do this. You know, if your word doesn't carry weight to you, then no matter what you said, if things change and then it's no longer beneficial for you, then you're immediately making excuses, go, oh, I'm sorry, now things have changed, it's impossible. Then you you don't swear to your own hurt and change not. Now, you changed. Another one says, they do not revise a costly oath. And the Amplified, I like the Amplified, it says, he keeps his word even to his own disadvantage and does not change it for his own benefit. You show me a real man of God, a real woman of God, and I'll show you these kind of characteristics. Their word means something to them. Because if you learn something about God, you find out His word to Him. He has exalted His word above His name. His word to Him is unbreakable. That's why the scripture said it is impossible for him to lie. And what we're looking at here, he has done. He has done. And he expects the same from us. He's faithful to us. He will keep his word to us. And he expects us to keep our word to him. And to keep our word to each other. And to fail to do so is not acting like his child. Tell me who is the father of lies? The one there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. Do you want to have anything? In common with him. No, you do not. Everybody said out loud, I despise lying. I hate deception. 
I refuse to be a partner to a lie. Well, if you're going to do that, you got to keep your word. You got to keep your word. Now you, all those other ones, I heard you say, that's me. That's me. That's me. Didn't I hear that? How about this one? They swear to their own hurt, but they won't change. Huh? They will keep their word no matter how much it costs them. <laughs> that's, that's a little bit weak, but, but, but we're getting there. Do you want to be like Jesus? Do you want to be like your Father God? Do you want to be like the devil? No, you don't. He's a liar. He doesn't keep his word. He'll tell you anything. Because he has no intention of doing any of it. He will promise you anything. Only stupid people make deals with the devil. You say, hey, let's make a deal. He'll say, sure. What you want? (laughs) He'll agree to anything. Never has any intention of doing any of it. And people who yield to him are like him. Their word means nothing. Genesis 22. This is where God called on Abraham to give to him his only, you know, born of uh, Sarah son. And you find out why Abraham's in the book. Because this boy, he is the culmination of a lifetime of believing God. He is the he is their heart and soul. Right? His, his name is uh, laughter, right? I mean, he's, he's, the, uh, he's the life of the house. He's the, the joy. And God says, uh, Abraham. Yes, sir. We're in covenant, right? What I have is yours. What you have is mine. (laughs) Has God changed? He has not changed. He will never change. He doesn't need to change. He's perfect just like he is. He said, uh, your son, your only son, I want him. Go up to the mountain and offer him up to me. I mean, the very next morning, without delay, without discussion, without deliberation, he he gets up, he loads the pack animal, and they're off. Why? Come on, somebody help me out. Why? Why? 
Why? Because he gave his word to God. And the scripture says concerning Abraham that God found his heart faithful. That's the language that's used. Found his heart faithful. What does that mean? Trustworthy. Reliable. To do what? What's the big thing? Reliable to do what? To do what you said you would do. To keep your commitment. Back in Genesis 15, you don't have to turn there, but it describes when God made covenant with Abram. If you're not familiar with it, go back and read it carefully sometime. The 15th chapter. The Lord revealed himself to Abram and said, I, I'm the almighty God. I'm, I'm your exceeding great uh, reward. And uh, he told him what he was going to do for him and his seed. And this is God making commitments to Abraham. This is God giving his covenant partner his word. Oh, I hope y'all are awake on this. He's saying, I am, I am entering into covenant with you. Down toward the end of the chapter, he said, uh, this is my covenant that I am making with you. What's a covenant? It's the making of promises. It's the, it's the making of commitments. It's the giving of one's word. And in today's society... People will sign, you know, 40-page contracts. And why have they become 40 pages? Why? You know what an agreement used to be? You agree? Yes, sir. You have my word. Now, just because the world has changed does not mean the church should have changed. And that's the separation that Jesus was praying about. They're going to lie. They're going to cheat. They're going to steal. They're going to break their word. They're going to break their commitments and their contracts and their covenants. They're going to do it right, left, front, and center. But you've got to make up your mind... Not me. By the grace of God, not me. I represent the Almighty who cannot lie, who has never lied, who has never broken covenant. Never. Never. When God gives you His Word, you're to jump to the highest heaven and shout. Why? Because if you got His Word... Heaven and earth will pass away, but that word will come to pass. Why? Why? Because he is the faithful God who keeps covenant. Somebody say he's the faithful God. He's the faithful God who keeps covenant. He's not a man that he should lie. Neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Has he said it? 
Shall he not do it? Well, you are his child. You are made in his likeness and image. You and I have his nature in us. What is that? The nature of faithfulness is the nature of God. It's in me. Now I can yield to my flesh and ignore what's in my heart, but that's a, make a mockery of my salvation. But let's not do that. Let's, let's crucify the flesh and yield to what's in our heart and be who God has called us and made us to be. Faithful. Even those who will give their word, and even if it costs them greatly, they will keep their word. God appeared in the form of fire and smoke to Abraham. Because Abraham said, okay, this is amazing what you've told me. How's all this going to be? And God said, get me some uh, sacrificial animals. Lay them out, opposing halves. He did it. And it got dark. And all at once, here come fire and smoke walking between the covenant sacrifices. God made covenant with his man that day. And this is the background upon which when God comes to Abraham and says, Your son, I want him. Has Abram made commitments? He has. God is committed to him. But see, that's, that's not, this is not a one-sided thing. Are you seeing this, church? This is not a one-sided thing. Abram made commitment to him. And so he said, yes, Lord. You know he had 10,000 questions racing around his mind, but a godly man, a faithful man, will swear to his own hurt. And help me out. He won't change. I said he won't change. What was God saying in this covenant? He said, everything I am, everything I have is yours. Then what's the response? What's the response from Abram? Huh? Everything I am, everything I have is yours. And, of course, he had no problem calling on God, going, God, you know, you're rich. You know, I'll take some of your prosperity. God, you're my protector. You'll keep me from all these problems out here. Lord, you're this. And he had experienced protection. God had made him super rich. God had kept him healed. God had filled the greatest desire of him and his wife and all these things. And there came a day when God says, Abram, my covenant friend, he said, yes, God, yes, God. Yes. You liking this covenant arrangement so far? Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I want something from you now. Yes, Lord, anything, anything. 
I want Isaac. You do. <laughs> you, you want my boy. Yeah, I want him. I want you to bring him up on the mountain. Offer him up to me. Now you find out if it was just words, if all you were interested in and what God could do for you, if there was no commitment. But the reason Abraham is in the book, he loaded that donkey first thing next morning, he headed right up that mountain. And in 22, we know from Hebrews 11 that traveling over there, or at some point, Abraham realized this boy cannot die here and stay dead. Why? Because God said, in Isaac will your seed be called. The boy's not married. The boy has no children. There's no seed. This is in Hebrews 11. This is in Hebrews 11. <laughs> but I don't think he'd have realized that if he hadn't acted on his commitment first. But even still, he concluded, all right, I'm going to do it. But God can't lie. He is the faithful God who keeps covenant And he committed to me that through my boy, my seed would be, and and the whole world would be blessed through his seed. And he has no seed. So God is going to have to raise him from the dead. That's what's got to happen. He is believing for the resurrection of his only son because of his covenant. Does any, does any of this sound familiar? And so he, he's ready to do it. He, he is going to go through with it. Why? He believes he's about to see the greatest miracle he has ever seen. <laughs> he is convinced. Now God's never asked anybody else to do that. And he never will. Because there's only one Messiah. And his covenant man did this on his behalf. And even then, he didn't let him go through with it. Actually killing him. He raised the knife. He's about to do it. And the angel says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait. (laughs) And then verse... uh, 15, the angel of the Lord called Abram out of heaven the second time. He said, by myself. Oh, come on, are are y'all away? By myself have I sworn, says the Lord. What's happening? God is giving his word. Because you've done this thing. And you have not withheld your son, 
your only son. I'm swearing by myself that in blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and the sand which is on the seashore, and your seed will possess the gate of his enemies. That goes beyond the natural. That goes all the way to Satan and his bunch. And in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Let's say it, let's say it another way. You have kept your word to me. You have kept, you have kept covenant with me. You have kept your co- covenant commitment with me. Because God and Abram made covenant out there that night when fire moved between the sacrificial animals. It was just him and God. And the commitments they made to each other were unbreakable. Somebody say, faithful. Faithful God. Faithful Abraham. Hallelujah. And we know from Galatians and other places that when he keeps talking about seed, seed, that he's talking specifically about Jesus, the seed. Now go to Hebrews. Look at the New Testament description of this. Hebrews 6 and 13. Have you got a few more minutes? Huh? This is our last night on this. So. Huh? Let's, uh, let's not rush it too much. Amen. Hebrews 6 and 13. Oh, are y'all awake? Check your neighbors if they're awake. Make sure they're, 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 they don't want to miss this. Hebrews 6, 13. For when God made promise to Abraham... Because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. What does that mean? There is no other God beside him. There is nothing greater than him. He could only swear by himself. And he said, surely, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so, after he uh, had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of the promise. That's us. I said, that's us. We are the seed of Abraham. By faith in Jesus Christ. The heirs of the promise. The immutability of his counsel 
He confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable things. What was the first one? The oath that he just mentioned. What was the other one? Number two, that it was actually impossible for God to lie. The oath and the fact that God couldn't lie. Two immutable things that we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. What do you mean? What do you mean? Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I only said what I heard him say. You know what he told us? Things like this. I'm going away. I'm preparing a place for you. Uh But I'm coming again to receive you to myself. That where I am, you'll be with me. Dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. Not with liars. Not with covenant breakers. Not with people that blaspheme God and and don't want God and don't want to believe in God. No. You'll be surrounded with millions of people just like us. All love God. And there won't be anything that loves or makes a lie there. And no covenant breakers. Hallelujah. Jesus is called the faithful and true witness. When he stood before Pilate, he made the statements. He said, my kingdom is is not of this world. Because if it were, my servants would fight. But this is the purpose and reason that I came. Jesus is saying this in front of Pilate and all those. To bear witness to the truth. Why? He is the truth. Hallelujah. Pilate says, what is truth? Because he didn't know. He was looking at truth. He was in truth's presence. He goes, what is truth? That's that's the world, the ungodly world today. Clueless. But here's the thing. When Jesus was in the garden right before he went to the cross, and he prayed in earnest, and his pores opened up, And blood came out of his pores because of the pressure that was coming against him. He knew what was in front of him. And as horrible as being nailed to the cross is, that wasn't the worst part. Even close. Are y'all listening, church? Yes, sir. Isaiah says that his form and visage was more marred than any man's. Well, he wasn't mutilated physically more than any human being's ever been mutilated. 
What's going on? Isaiah is seeing in the Spirit. And he's seeing what happened when he became sin with all of our sin. He didn't just empathize with our sin. He became sin with our sin. And that's when he cried out, you know, later, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God had to, the Father had to, let judgment fall on him, or you and I would be judged. And so Jesus saw this. He knew this. And he's in the garden, and blood's coming out of his pores. Hebrews 12 describe it, resisting sin. And how many remember the prayer? God, Father, Father, if it's possible, did you hear this? Why would you use that phrase? If it's possible, all things are possible with you, and if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. You know one of the big reasons why the Father could not say anything else? He gave his word. To Abraham. Yes, sir. Come on, are y'all listening or not? He gave his word to Abraham, and when he asked Abraham for his son, his only begotten son, Abraham kept his word, even though it, it seemed like it was going to cost him everything that was dear to his heart. He kept his word, and that's why, that's why it was such a big deal that when the angel, you know, grabbed Abraham and kept him from going through with it, and that's why God spoke a second time and said, I am swearing by myself. He's moved. Come on, can you see this, church? God Almighty, the Creator, is moved that his man, his friend, because he's had so many They wouldn't listen to him. He's had so many angels and human beings, billions of them, that are unfaithful. Won't listen. Won't obey. Won't receive his word. Won't keep his word. Much less make a commitment to him. But here he's got a man that trusts him, believes him. Gave his heart commitment to him. And when God asked for that commitment, he stepped right up. And he didn't hesitate. He that swears to his own hurt. And what? He won't change. He won't change. And believed for a resurrection. So when Jesus' blood's coming out of his pores and he's facing it and... He's going, oh, Father, if there's any other way, all things are possible uh, with you. If, there, if there's any other way. But it wasn't possible because God had given his word. Oh, is somebody awake tonight? I said, God had given his word. He said, I swear by myself. And Jesus 
knew what he had access to. He even said, don't you know I can call on the Father? He'd give me legions of angels. All he had to do was cry out and he'd have been delivered from the cross just like that. That's why Isaiah said further, like a lamb with its shearers, he opened not his mouth. Why? If he had a, you'd you'd not be lost. Why did he go through with that? Because he had given his word. Oh, is anybody awake? He gave his word to the Father. And when the Father called on it, he gave it all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And believed for resurrection. Hallelujah. 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 And it happened. And you and I are the offspring of that faithful seed. Hallelujah. And I know, you know, we haven't been alive very long and we don't know much compared to what there is to be known. But we, if you can understand this, then by grace you can do it. I can grow up and start acting like a covenant man, a covenant woman. Is that right? I can start acting like somebody who knows what God's word means and how serious he is about keeping his word. What links he will go to to keep his word. But this is a two-sided covenant. Huh? And I have to make the commitment and you have to make the commitment. I'll have no part of lying. I'll have no part of breaking covenant. My word is a good word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. My commitment is a strong bond. Amen. Hallelujah. Why? Amen. I take after my father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm a covenant child of a covenant God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when I give my word, even if it costs me, by the grace of God, that word will be good. Stand on your feet, everybody. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, lift your hands and begin to thank God and give give God the glory. Give Him the praise. Give Him the thanks. Hallelujah. 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 The Scripture said, though, though men are unbelieving, will that change the faithfulness of God? No. He can't deny himself. No matter what people do around us and how unfaithful they may be, make up your mind, I will be faithful. Not because of who they are, but because of who I am and who God is in me. Thank you, Lord. Close your eyes. Focus on the Lord your God. Covenant is serious Serious business. Always has been with God. And now we'll say it is with us. 
say it out loud. Pray it out loud if you would. Say, Father God, forgive me for any lying, any falseness, any breaking of commitments in the past. I refuse to be that way. I reject it. I call it wrong in Jesus' name. Work in me to will and to do of all your good pleasure. Perfecting that which concerns me. You who've begun a good work in me, you will perform it. You do keep your word until the day of Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Said out loud like Abraham, your friend, I am. The seed of Abraham by faith in Jesus Christ. And I am a seed of the faithful. Faithful seed. I am. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Just close your eyes. Focus on Him. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, praise you. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the waters. Oh, I shall not be moved. Sing it out loud. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Everybody say I. Not be, I shall not be moved just like a tree that's planted by the wall. Oh, I shall not be moved. Glory to God.